This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. No cap, no cap. Man, NBA playoffs, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Before the latest NBA playoff stuff happened, there was some news on June 16th. I woke up and... Chris Paul was in health and safety protocol. I was like, oh, here we go again. It's just like 2020. Then I'm not even kidding. An hour later, it was it was confirmed that Kawhi Leonard had a knee injury, a knee sprain. And later on, they said it was an ACL injury. You automatically think ACL tear, but it looked like it's just a sprain and he might be back before the series is over. Still scary, though. That happened back to back. Then, the news all us Wizards fans been waiting on. No, no, no. Right before that, Stan Van Gundy got fired. I guess I could have saw that coming. But, you know, I would, like, assume teams wouldn't fire a coach after one year unless he's really that bad or he really just doesn't get along with the team. That is the only possible way. Because other than that, I mean, you you should be able to get a grace period of one to two years at least. Or maybe two to three years. So I'm like, man, damn. But I guess, you know, stuff I've heard, I guess it was time for him to go. Uh, we'll see who's next up for them. We'll see who can coach Zion in this young group. Because they got a lot of talent. And, you know, they didn't even make the play-in game. That's not good. A team that talented? I'm sure Stan Van Gundy will uh, end up on some other team. I mean, this it's like seven coaching vacancies, including, here we go, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards finally did it. Take out rid of Scott Brooks. Oh, my God. I didn't. I was worried because I think it was last show. The last show, I was like, there was rumors that, Scott Brooks might stay, especially since Westbrook and Bill vouched for him. Okay, so what I heard was they mutually agreed to part ways. So what I'm assuming is, oh, and and Tommy Shepard confirmed that it wasn't over money. It wasn't over contract talk. A contract wasn't offered. So I'm guessing probably told... Scott Brooks to get rid of his assistance and make all these changes before we offer you another contract, which probably would have been less money than he was originally making. So all that, he probably was like, nah, y'all want me to leave. I I just, I'm going to head out. (laughs) I'm going to head out. I'm out of here. Well, Scott Brooks is gone. And and Wizards fans have wanted that. And me, I've been like, eh. I guess, man, like we still, I still don't know about this roster. I still don't know if this roster is ever going to come together and do something more than be an eighth, ninth seed and get bounced out of the first round or the play-in game. I still don't know. Even with Westbrook and Bill being the beast that they are, I know that anything's possible with them. But seriously, though, like... The rest of the roster, I, I just don't know. And I'm looking at them and their salary cap. They don't have much room to operate. They don't. 
let's just hope that they get the right pieces around Westbrook and Bill and our younger players continue to develop. You know, seeing Atlanta gives me hope because let's be real here. Before they fired Lord Pierce, the Hawks were literally right where the Wizards were. I swear the Wizards and the Hawks were tied for like 11th place. I'm not even joking. And the Hawks went from that to fifth place, and now they're in the conference finals. I guess I'll talk about that very soon. Very soon. What else happened? Oh, Donnie Nelson stepped down, and Rick Carlisle stepped down right after him. All this stuff just kept this happening real fast, man. I mean, I guess, you know, they didn't like the direction that the Mavericks were going. And you got Luka, and you, you got to make sure you put the right people around him. And it's just, just a disappointment that they just keep getting bounced out in the first round with one of the best players in the league. So, of course, I guess, you know, the writing was on the wall there. But there you go. Real quick before I get into the rest of the NBA playoffs, I did get the vaccine. I got the Johnson & Johnson. And, okay, I felt fine. For the first, I say, eight hours. Because the guy at Anacostia, where I took it, the guy was like, you'll start feeling side effects after 12 hours. And that was the main reason why I waited so long. I was worried about the side effects. It still might be some long-term side effects I don't see coming. But uh, for now, the short-term side effects is what I was mostly worried about. So I get that. I kind of make a big deal about it. The, the little poke on the arm hurt more than I thought it would. And I'm just shocked that it hurt like that. But then after a few minutes, I got on my phone. I was looking at Twitter. And I was just, they tell you to sit there 15 minutes and then you can go. I did that. I was on Twitter the whole time. Then I bounced. And I was fine for like eight or nine hours. And then, boy, that like ninth hour. I started to feel a little bit of a, a fever. That about 10th or 11th hour, the chills came. I stopped doing lift about the 11th hour. Then I got in the house and then it just, it just hit me then. Like the chills, the fever. I was like, oh, here we go again. Just like when I had the dang virus. Here we go again. So I just got me some rest and, uh, I got some rest. Uh, took me some ibuprofen and I was fine. Got up, felt awful again. Chills and chills killing me all night. The next day, still fever and chills. But then I, I drunk some water, took some ibuprofen. That kind of calmed the symptoms down a little bit. Then I guess from that point forward, from that evening on, I've been fine ever since. So I guess it worked out. So now I just got to look and see what happens within the next six months to a year or longer than that. See what happens with this, uh, with any like long-term symptoms. Hopefully it's nothing bad. Hopefully it's no like mutations and shit like that. <laughs> no, we'll see though. Oh man. But anyway, NBA playoff. The Nets... Came up short. They got blown out of game six. I was, I was kind of shocked by that. Jeff Green didn't show up in game six. Uh, none of the role players 
showed up in game six. And I was watching the six, and it's just like they just couldn't do anything offensively. And then they just got ran out of the building around the third or fourth quarter. They had like 77 points midway through the fourth quarter. Can't happen. So I was like, okay, surely the Nets are going to win game seven. I'm sure that James Harden will finally get his legs under him. And, well, he did okay, but it wasn't the James Harden that we were used to seeing. What happened is, they was they was back and forth. I didn't really get to watch that game, unfortunately. I didn't really get to watch that game. I was on the road trying to get that Lyft money. I And I started Lyft literally right after the Nationals game, which I'll talk about that later too. That was, that was fire. Um, yeah, that was right after that. Did the lift. So I was getting updates from whatever the sports radio show was. And <laughs> Jody Mack, shout out to Jody Mack. He was giving me updates on his show. And I heard about the Kevin Durant uh, three-pointer that was actually a two. That if he was behind the line, that would have been possibly the game-winning shot. Man. That must have sucked. That really sucks to score 49 like that and then just to come up short. Ah, man. I mean, Giannis. Giannis did his thing as always. See, you never have to worry about Giannis. The only thing you have to worry about with Giannis is the free throw shooting. Everything else, he going to show up. I mean, look at this, man. He played 50 minutes, 40 points, 11, uh, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. You know he going to show up. Look at this, though. P.J. Tucker, three steals, two blocks, 11 points. Mm. Now, that guy played his heart out. Chris Middleton was 9 for 26. Oh, my God. I, oh, well, whatever. You know, think about this game seven. Both teams had a short bench. They played their starters most of the game. I get it, man. It, it, it's on the line, man. It's all on the line. Like the <laughs> all the marbles are on the line, so you might as well. <laughs> Dionis played a minute. Wow, um, wow. Uh, so yeah, Milwaukee won one fifteen, one eleven, and it's like in overtime. What if Joe Harris made that wide open three? It was one eleven, one eleven. This man is wide open. His main job is to hit threes. And he misses. Wow. What if he made it, though? Because he had been struggling all series. What if he made it? That would have been big. And that would have helped his confidence. And maybe we're talking about Nets and Hawks in the conference finals instead of Bucks and Hawks. Wow. I don't. I, I was wrong. I thought the Nets were going to win in five or six. Well, originally, see, I should have just stuck with my original gut feelings because my original gut feeling said Nets and six. I knew the Bucks would win at least two games because I was like, they're too good of a team. Just get ran out of the building. And then I saw that they lost the first two games so handedly. And then Kyrie got hurt. 
James Harden's hurt. And then, you know, once the Bucks tied up that series in game four and almost won game five, I mean, they had it. They had it. They had figured it out. I just wonder how things would have been if Kyrie and James Harden were playing. Healthy. I mean, healthy 100%. I don't think the Bucks would have won. Everyone's saying that. Like, I don't think the Bucks would have lost in six. They would have found a way to win two games, but they would have lost in six. But, hey, even with all that, the Nets still made a valiant effort, and they still could have won the series. They were still an inch away from winning the series. That's impressive. But you know what I'm saying? You got to play with who's out there. So, hey, the bus can't help that, you know, all those guys were injured. They had to do what they had to do. So they took advantage. Now they're in the conference finals against the Hawks. And the Hawks ice tray the gang. I'm not going to play a song. I'm not going to play the song. But you already know ice tray the gang. Hey, ice tray the gang. Ice trader game. Hey, ice trader game. You already know. Ice Trey. Trey Young. I told you about this guy a long time ago. I told you he was the truth. I told you he was a Hall of Fame. That being said, I don't know what he was doing in game seven, but none of that mattered because he had a, a it was a key play where um, he fumbled the ball. Uh, what's the name? Poked it away from him. It was Tobias Harris. When when I saw Tobias Harris was switched on him, I was like, oh, he's barbecue chicken. But to my surprise, Tobias Harris poked the ball. I was like, oh, okay, he game. Oh, okay. Trey Young still went around him and lobbed it to Capella, and Capella dunked on Embiid. That was a key play. And then he hit a three. Been cold the entire game. He hit a three and put them up four. This guy, man. But the, the real hero of game seven of the Hawks and Sixers was Kevin Hurter with 27 and seven. I knew the kid was nice. I mean, well, people were saying he could be like Clay Thompson and Trey Young could be like Steph Curry. And yeah, well. He did probably kind of play like, like, well, I don't know. He can't shoot like Clay Thompson, but he, he stepped up. He stepped up. I, I didn't watch a single minute of him at Merlin. Or maybe I did watch Merlin, but I didn't notice him. Wow. This team, man. See, that's why when Wizards fans on Twitter was like, who are you going to root for now that the Wizards are out, out? I said the Hawks easily. They got Trey Young. They got Trey Young and, their team is fun to watch. And everyone's stepping up. Gallinari, I was like, please quit shooting, please. This guy hit two big threes. I think it was the second or third quarter. He hit two big threes to keep them in the game. Lou Williams in game five was spectacular. They were supposed to lose that game. They came back and won that one, being down 26. They were down, listen... They were down like a lot in game four. Came back to win that. And Trey Young had 39 in game six. 37 in game 
Um, in game five, I, game five, I believe. Yeah, unbelievable. Of course, it's all gonna be about Ben Simmons. But I'm gonna be real with you, man. He almost single-handedly stole that game defensively at the end because he was really on Trey. But it didn't matter because they weren't doing anything on offense. That that turnover by Embiid that led to a dunk and then the little foul by uh, Thibault, those were back, 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 back-breaking. Those were back-breaking mistakes. They had a good team, but just how they collapsed in critical moments in three straight games, uh, in three out of four games, is just... Mind-blowing. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy... I'm going to enjoy watching Trey Young in the conference finals. It doesn't look good. Because I'm here to tell you right now. They cannot stop Giannis. Who can stop Giannis? See, I just found that out on 2K. Because the Bucks knocked my Wizards out of the... Out of the semifinals, or yeah, the the conference semifinals, because I couldn't stop Giannis. That's the main. And he hit the game winning shot in Game Six, so I, I know he's he's unstoppable. Not just because of that, but and in real life, and then also the Bucks are eleven and two against the Hawks since 2017, 2018. The last three years, eleven and two versus the Hawks, but we're oddly enough, the Hawks won the last game. I think I watched that game. I think I watched the end of that game on ESPN. I I, I think, or maybe I watched the one before that where the Hawks should have won, but then they lost. I don't know. They played them tough the last two times they played, but still eleven and two. The last thirteen times they played. That worries me. Everyone's picking the Bucks to win. I I picked against the Hawks the entire series. I picked them to lose Game Seven. I thought they were going to lose Game Five. But man, they they showed up and they they fought and they are a tough team. And I'm a believer. I'm a complete believer now. Um, Hawks and Hawks and six. Hawks and six. I don't care. I don't care. Hawks and six. Hawks and six versus the Bucks. I don't care. They're not gonna stop Giannis, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. What are they gonna do? Put Giannis on Trey Young. Who does that lead? How are you gonna stop Hirater and um, Gallinari? Oh, and Bogdanovich didn't even do anything last game. And what are you gonna do about Lou Williams? See, see, it's just Trey Young is a beast, but he he got some weapons now. You're done. You're done. Hawks in the finals. I'm telling you. And oh man, what about Terrence Mann and the Clippers? First of all, I didn't expect the Clippers to win Game Six. I thought the Jazz were going to win easily, win Game Six, and they was. I was right. And then the third quarter happened, and it's like, listen, I was watching this game. The, the playback of this game. And it seemed like the Clippers couldn't hit anything. And that's why they were getting blown out. A complete opposite happened in the third quarter. 
Patrick Beverly was hitting shots. Reggie Jackson was hitting shots. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. I thought he was just that guy from Florida State. Like, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about his game. I didn't even know he could shoot. I was just like, oh, he's just that kid from Florida State. He had 39. Unbelievable. Dog. I haven't seen a man with two ends go off like that since a Tyler Perry play. (laughs) Real talk. Oh, man. It was inspiring, man. Like, good Lord. And the crowd was going crazy. Y'all said the Clippers don't have no fans? Man, they were going wild. They were going bananas. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Dog, Staples Centers when the Clippers play need to be like that every game. I would enjoy that. That would be fire. That would be fire. It's just, listen, the Clippers, I mean, the, the Jazz, like, man, shout out to Donovan Mitchell. He had 39 as well, but, but we expect that from him. It's just that he had 39 with all these injuries and nicks and bruises. Dude is a warrior. No, not from Golden State. Just saying. But he, man, he he really put it all out there. Got to give him credit. Well, I guess, you know, Jazz weren't as good as I thought. Or maybe the Clippers. See, that's how you play team basketball. Kawhi Leonard was out. They all stepped out. They all stepped up. We counted them out. They turn around and win game five. Paul George went off. We apologizing to Paul George now, but I never really made fun of him. Like maybe I gotta check the tape, but I'm pretty sure I never hopped on his mic and made fun of Paul George. Like some people did. I mean, I guess he deserved criticism for how he played last year in the bubble, especially in that game seven. But we're giving him his credit now and he deserves it. He he was he's been so good. And everyone's stepping up. Like, that's how you step up. Your man is out, and you got your man stepping in. You know, Terrence, man. You, you feel me? You, you get it? <laughs> man, it's just way to step up. You know, way to step up. You know. Next man up. They are a good example of that. They are a good example of that. And the Suns, the Suns easily beat the Nuggets. Uh, that Suns and Four guy, and of course, who who made that go viral? Gab Gowdy, cause her one of her friends, cause I'm sure she got a lot of friends. I mean, it seems like she really social and she is really good at the social media thing. So I'm sure she got friends in all different places, and it also helps that she's a chick that likes sports and she's hot. So that 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 helps too, you know. But her friends send her that video of the Suns and Four guy fighting off those Nuggets fans. And a legend was born. And now this guy got his own Instagram <laughs> like a celebrity. And it's hilarious. But Suns and Four guy. All because the Suns won in four. And that was game three. He said that in game three. Legend. And then the Suns won again. Game one was Sunday. It was yesterday. They won again. The Suns are on a roll. 
they've been on a roll since the bubble, and they haven't stopped. So this series is still probably going seven. It this I think this series is going seven. I, I you know what I'm gonna go with that. I have Suns and seven. I truly believe it's gonna be Hawks and Suns. It's gonna be Hawks, Hawks and Suns, and that's gonna be a very interesting finals, very exciting finals, and I can't wait. If I had any real money, I would go to Atlanta for the finals, but I don't think I don't think I'm gonna have any real money. At least I don't think you know. I could manifest it. But I have to get out of my own head and actually focus, and that's just an issue. But <laughs> even if I don't make it to Atlanta for the finals, I'm sure there's going to be a, a long list of celebrities at those games. They already be going to the game. Lil Baby. Uh, um, Who else? Quavo. Who else be in Atlanta like that? I, don't be surprised if you see Kwame Brown at a game. Like, the celebrities be lining up in, in, at these playoff games. And now the, the Hawks are in the conference finals with Trey Young. Oh, if they make the finals, it's over. You're going to see the best of the best in Atlanta at them games. If we haven't already. The NBA playoffs has been fun, man, and. Ice trade a gang, baby. Ice trade a gang. All right, what we got next? Oh, real quick, Skylar Diggins versus Jasmine Jones. <laughs> so apparently, uh, the Liberty beat the Mercury. I haven't checked the standings, but I'm pretty sure the Mercury are a better team than the Liberty, but the Liberty beat them anyway. So, then, I think Bleacher Report posted a Skylar Diggins highlight. But uh, Jasmine Jones from the Liberty took issue with it because um, they had won the game. They had won the game, and one of their rookies that we've never really heard of um, went off and had a great game. And they was like, nah, post her. Post her. And... I guess Skylar Diggins took that personally and just blasted Jasmine Jones for hating and and calling out their organization for basically just always hyping up Sabrina Inescu. I mean, why not? I mean, she's your most marketable player, and she's arguably the most marketable player in the league. So why not? (laughs) So it was some petty back and forth. And Jasmine Jones was like, oh, those sound like fighting words. Cause, cause, cause Skylar Diggins said, girl, shut the fuck up. That's what she said. So she said that. And it's like, she saw it as fighting words. <laughs> I don't think they're actually going to do anything until they see each other on August 25th. Then we're going to see who was about what, or is, was this just some nonsense? So of course the fans go back and forth and the Twitter accounts of both teams go back and forth. Posting pictures of both players, um, I mean, of their prospective players. It was pretty, it was pretty entertaining. 
And I do want to see what happens when they play each other again. I think they play each other back to back when that happens. So I, I, I want to see what happens. It's going to be fire. <laughs> it's just entertaining, man. You know, it was, it was, it was over something small, but it was funny. It was so funny. All right, now I'm going to talk about Grant and Danny. So Charles Barkley went on the Grant and Danny show. This is another one of my Lyft adventures. So when I drive for Lyft, a lot of sports radio because I'm too afraid to play hip hop because I don't know who likes rap, who likes, you know, and and some of the lyrics ain't that great. So I kind of just shy away from playing rap and hip hop. So I just play sports radio because, well, to be safe and, well, I like it. <laughs> so, you know, why not? A lot of, so a lot of 1067 the fan. Sometimes I've been playing a little bit of 980 lately because I found out that they got Reese Waters and Reese, Reese Waters is hilarious. Anyway, this is one of them days I'm out and about during the Grant and Danny show. So it must be late afternoon, evening. So they decide to have Charles Barkley on. I guess, I guess, um, since Grant's, no, Danny, Danny, since Danny's impression of Charles Barkley went viral, I guess him and Charles Barkley kind of connected and made a little bit of a friendship. And then I guess Danny got him on the show. And boy, that was one of the best radio segments I've ever heard in my life. It was so funny. And just Charles Barkley just, being authentic and telling stories and and how he, and what he thinks about PC culture, cancel culture, and how they can't say certain things on TNT and uh, the story that really made me raise an eyebrow was he almost became a bullet. <laughs> he almost became a bullet. The bullets really wanted him, but instead. The Bullets took someone named Melvin Turpin, whoever that is. They traded that pick and then picked someone else later in the first round. Well, uh, it don't even matter because whoever they picked didn't pan out that well because the Bullets pretty much sucked. The Bullets pretty much sucked from that point on, from that year, till basically Jawan Howard and Chris Webber. Okay, okay, they made the playoffs twice, so they weren't that bad. But after they made the playoffs, I think in 87, terrible, terrible for like 10 years. I'm not even kidding. So just imagine if they had Charles Barkley. But Charles Barkley was hilarious. I love his stories. I love how he uh, talked about living in Phoenix and Philly. He got houses in both places. That's so cool. So he got a house in Philly. Phoenix and Atlanta. I'm like, you know what? That's so me. Cause, cause I want to do that. I want to have a place in DC or obviously I want to have a place in Dallas or Norman or both. And I want to have a place in LA. I want to be just like that. That's, that is so cool. And then. If if shit if, if things hit the fan, I could sell those places. So that's so cool, man. It was so funny. I, I mean, well, 
Well, Danny was was a little bit more serious in this interview. He he didn't do that many impressions, but <laughs> he did the impression today though. It was funny. But man, that was some great radio, and that was that was the best Grant and Danny segment I've heard. That was the best. It was two segments because their their producer, their assistant producer, who I'm about to talk about in a little bit. He messed up the the commercial break, keeping in contact with Charles Barkley thing, and it took them an extra twenty minutes to get him on for another segment. That was crazy, but nevertheless, it it was a lot of fun, and I hope they do it again because <laughs> it was some good times, man. Uh you know what? And I can't believe I kept my composure doing those rides when the interview was going on. Because I was still picking up people while all this was going on. Amazing, man. Amazing. And speaking of Grant and Danny, they came up, you know, with another classic today. So in honor of Ben Simmons just being terrible from the free throw line the entire playoffs, shooting apparently 34%. What? Yeah, I got it right here. It said 32. I guess it's 33 now. Wow. Probably, okay, maybe it's 35 because he did make some yesterday. Bro, so why they have their assistant producer that messed up the Charles Barkley commercial break thing? Why they have him go down the street? I guess to that recreation center on South Cap and I Street. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the one they went to. Maybe may a closer one, but I'm pretty sure that's the one they went to. They went there, shoot 100 free throws to prove that their assistant producer can shoot free throws better than Ben Simmons. This man saw a 2 for 11 and then ended up 45 out of 100, which would put him at a higher percentage than Ben Simmons. In the heat, I don't, I don't know how in shape he is, but in the heat, 90-something degrees, sweating, got a, some random girl watching, and he did it. I'm like, this is so random and crazy. It, it, you know what? But, but but that's what they do sometimes. They do some theatrics like that sometimes. I mean, this is just like when JP and B. Mitch had their producers eat cicadas live on air like these guys be doing the most but it but see that's okay because this inspired me to shoot 100 free throws myself now i've done this in the past just for fun and eh, usually i get somewhere in between 30 and 50 usually i think i got over 50 before but yeah, usually it's somewhere in between thirty and fifty. I I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna give this a shot. And and Ryan Clary got forty five. I'm gonna try to get more than forty five. I'm gonna try to get seventy. Real live. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Though, I I will tell you what happens on the hundredth episode. That should be fun. I can't wait to do the 100th episode. Man, I can't believe I've gotten this far with the podcast. It's been so much fun. 
and I'm pretty sure I've done half of those episodes this year alone. Like within the past 12 months alone, I'm pretty sure I've done about half of my episodes in that time frame. I wasn't that active at first. Wow. <laughs> they funny, man. I swear they are funny. I mean, well, it's kind of borderline funny corny. I call, see, I call 1067 a fan. Flagship station for the Nats, sports radio that I listen to all the time. I call them 1067 the ghetto because of all the technical difficulties at night. <laughs> Just all the technical difficulties, period, especially at night. I'll be like, oh, this is 1067 the ghetto, bro. And, and, and I can't listen to their radio station outside of Laurel, but I can listen to the Baltimore station, 1057 the fan in DC. I, I don't get that. <laughs> like 1067 the ghetto. Man, that's crazy. But I'm going to do that challenge very soon. This should be fun. Okay. The Washington Nationals. They are rolling. They won seven of eight. They, they're going on a type of roll that the Wizards went on in about April. Usually I expect the Nationals to do something like this in September. So I'm a little worried that they're going to run out of gas and fall into mediocrity or worse. The Nationals are rolling. They're killing it. Man, they swept the Pirates. We kind of expected that. They're one of the worst teams in the league. I think before the Pirates, that was that was the Giants series that they should have swept too. But they let two games slip away, and I'm just mind-blown. Because I'm like, oh, the Giants are kind of... They're still a good team, but that series, they didn't bring their best. Or the Nationals just outplayed them. And they walked out of D.C. with a split. I don't know how they did that. But nevertheless, they did. And... What I wanted from the Nats was at least three out of four against the Mets. I can't stand the Mets. My second least favorite team in the league. And they gave it to me. They got it. Now, okay, they won Friday with a walk-off. I was hyped about that. Kyle Swarber and walk-offs. No, no, no. It wasn't Swarber. It was Jan Gomes. Oh, man. Loved it. They lost the second game. I don't know what they were doing, but they lost. The third game, I was there. I was in attendance. I was hoping for a good game. Anytime we beat the Mets, it's it's like Christmas. It's like a Christmas present. Anytime we play the Mets and I'm watching in person and we win, oh, I love it. And it was a lot of Mets fans. And they were quiet most of the game. The, the Nats won 6-2. But Kyle Schwarber had two home runs. And I was going crazy. I was loving it. Despite all that chatter around me. Because I had two groups of young adult women around me. And they were just talking about everything but baseball. <laughs> they were talking about everything but baseball. But I was I was locked in. I was watching. I was watching the game. Watching my Nats win. They took care of business. And I loved it. John Lester, spectacular. But he gave up that home run, which was just, oh, man. Nevertheless, he was spectacular. Pitched, this was a seven-inning game. He pitched like six innings. He was great. And then 
man. Oh, man. Stalin Castro hit had an RBI. He just came back. He was worried about his offense. He had a big RBI. Juan Soto had two big hits. Trey Turner hit a home run. Every I've been to three games. Josh Bell has had a hit in every game I went to in person. Man, this team is rolling. And then, then they came back on Sunday, and they beat the Mets again. And Kyle Schorber had three home runs. I, while I was at the game on Saturday, I picked up Kyle Schwarber in fantasy. But, you know, I, I was listening to Dave and, damn, what's that guy's name? And Charlie, Dave and Charlie. They was like, this Walker kid from the Mets, the pitcher who's going to start Sunday, has been good. He's really good. And I was listening to them. I was like, oh, okay, then I won't start Schwarber then because, you know, he's not going to do as well. This man hits three home runs. He hit another leadoff home run. And I'm just like, God damn. I could have started him. I could have easily. Man, what? Man, what? I could have easily started him. And got me three home, three more home runs. See, I'm about, I'm about to look at this right now. I'm about to look at how, how bad did I lose in fantasy? Because I'm. Oh, I got punished. Well, I'm still in third, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I went against my man Zach, so I'm I'm looking at it right now. I lost the home run battle by six. If I had Kyle Schwarber in the lineup, I could have cut into that. I'm heated. I'm heated. I wish I had this guy. In time, it's okay though. It's all right. I got I got him now. I got I'm pretty sure I got him, right? <laughs> Nevertheless, man, Kyle Schwarber's on a roll. Five home runs in the last two games. Oh my god. This guy is the truth. And now he's day to day because he came out of the game on Sunday, which is why he couldn't possibly hit four home runs cuz he got hurt. And now I hope he's okay. And he had some knee issue. This guy was rolling, though, man. God damn, that guy was rolling. Oh, Anthony Santander is hurt. Okay, I'll take him out. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I was looking at this, bro. Man, Kyle Swarber is a beast. And he is turning up. So you guys are in trouble. We're still five back of the Mets. But damn. I love it. Okay. So, Oklahoma softball. No sooner schooner. No sooner schooner. But I'm riding dirty anyway. I'm riding dirty anyway. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, Oklahoma sooner softball is getting nominated for SB. Best team. Of course they are the best team. All those records. They led the country in every single offensive category. They broke the home run record. They broke the runs record in the tournament and overall. What more What more do I have to say? They got the player of the year. The player of the year broke the home run record for, for a single person. So I'm like, what more do they have to do? So I decided to look at the nominees. And I decided to rank the best team 
best team nominees for the ESPYs. So it was seven nominees. So here's what I got. Here's what I got. So number seven, I got Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, they were a wild card team, and they almost lost to the Washington sitcom. Damn! So they're in seven. I did have Stanford Cardinals seven, the Stanford women basketball, because they barely beat South Carolina in the final four. Literally, if that shot bounces like a little softer, it falls in, and they're not even in the championship game. Then in a championship game, they're one shot. They're a few plays away here and there away from losing that game. So I feel like they got a little lucky. But you look at the rest of their schedule, they blew everybody out except Stanford. And UCLA the first time. Outside of those three games in Colorado. So outside of UCLA once, Colorado both times, and Oregon both times. Outside of those five games, they blew everybody else out. So they were pretty dominant. Outside of them five games and then the final four. Uh, the Dodgers were pretty dominant. But... They're number five on my list. They were down 3-1 to Atlanta. They were down 3-1 to Atlanta. So, yeah, they got to dock some points for that. Seattle Storm were, were pretty dominant. I'm not going to lie. But they're number four because I think Baylor was a little bit more dominant. They were number three on my list. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, they might have been undefeated. They lost to Kansas. I mean, they like I said, they had just came out of COVID. They had missed like three or four games. That, that was kind of a fluke. I, it was at Kansas. I mean, come on. Come on. And I think, yeah, they lost in the Big 12 championship to Oklahoma State. And then they pretty much blew everybody out after that. Okay, they had a close game with Villanova. But that's it. They, they, they just straight up dominated, especially in the Final Four. Alabama, none of their games were close. And they'll probably end up winning the award, but none of their games were close. Devontae Smith made it look like a video game. This is without Jalen Waddle. They just straight up dominated. None of, the only game that was close was Florida, but that was because of all their garbage time, yards, and points. You saw what OU did to Florida. You know they ain't tight like that. So then, number one, of course, is Oklahoma softball. Broke all them records. 35 run rules. Come on now. Best team, clearly. But no, but people don't watch softball like that. So I know Alabama's going to win. I already know. (sighs) Unfortunate. Very unfortunate. But whatever. But now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is between basketball Twitter meme. The you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Man. And the Suns and Four guy. Wow. What a battle. And this is a three-point competition. 
three-point contest. You know, balls on the rack, money ball, all that. And this is going to be a good one. I already know. So first, we got the Suns and four guy. So already, he's breaking everything. From the side pocket, he's breaking everything. Somehow hits the money ball. Cool. He goes to the next rack. Misses everything. Goes to the next rack. Makes two. And then misses the next three. Then he goes to the next rack. Misses everything. Then he goes to the side rack. And then he hits one. Misses about four more. Then he hits the money ball. And so he finishes with an abysmal seven. So now it's time for you're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> so now he's up. He's up and um, already he misses the first rack completely. Three air balls. He misses just about all of the second rack. But he got the the basket before the money ball. So he has one. So from the top of the key, misses everything. So he only has one point in three racks. But this, this is when he starts heating up. So he makes two. Then he makes the money ball. So now he got five. So now he got five. He's two away from tying on the last rack. So here you go, last rack. Misses the first two. Makes the next one. So now it's down one. Then he misses. Then he makes the bucket to tie. And then he hits the money ball for the win. And you're not that guy, pal. Wins. Trust me, you're not that guy. He wins by two. What a contest. And trust me, he is that guy. (laughs) Them guys are hilarious, man. Oh, my God. But that's the hypothetical game of the episode. But before I end the episode, I must say that you can, you can say whatever you want about Trey Young's hair. You can post the Hello Bello Baby over and over again. You can chant Trey Young is balling. Balding. He actually balling. No, many how, no matter how many of these Twitter girls I follow make fun of his parents. No matter how many times you cry about him drawing fouls. At the end of the day, you can't stop him. And that's on God. Now you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.